On this week's episode, we're discussing a little film about a down-on-your-luck woman with an upbeat attitude trying to change the world. She was chosen by a highly advanced AI that might destroy the world in three days. We're talking movies. We're talking super intelligence, starring Melissa McCartney, Bobby Knevel, and the voice of James Corden, written by Stephen Malloy and directed by Ben Falcone. So, Chris, you know our business model is everybody's getting some. God damn it. That is literally the only good quote in the whole movie, and that's the same (laughs) one that I have. Everybody, everyone gets some. What was it called? Like Booty Mac or something like that? Yeah. That was like the only funny part in this whole fucking movie. I can't believe it. The one time, and you stole it right out from underneath me. (laughs) That was like it was pre-rehearsed or something. Hey, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of How'd You Like That Movie? And as Scott said, we're talking about the 2020 movie, Super Intelligence. Uh, You know what? I'm going to kick this to you real fast, Scott, because I've got a fucking whole lot to say about this movie. Uh, So why don't you take us away? I just want to say welcome to the the future of cinema with streaming. Low to mid-budget films that get wrapped around like production quick just starting recognizable names just yeah, to but throw it out there for content sure 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 and i mean i i'm gonna 100 agree with you and we're definitely gonna talk about that later in the show uh but this did not start as a film direct you know created for the streaming services this was supposed to have a theatrical release but covid fucked that up and probably for the betterment of this film so yeah what what was your take on this movie like it was you know it was doable like i watched it i enjoyed bits of it it was predictable like any kind of rom-com movie if you want to consider this a rom-com movie yeah actually Um, what would you consider this movie i don't know i just thought at first i was like oh my god it's fucking skynet you get to actually deal with skynet for a while just before the fucking terminators take over but yeah, I'm, I'm guessing it's a romantic comedy and at its core. Yeah, so I, I had some trouble placing it because at times it felt like it was trying to be like a romantic comedy and then sometimes it was trying to be like a dramatic comedy. And I'll be honest, I think it never actually succeeded in being any of those fucking things. Like it, it tried to be a bunch of stuff and it didn't work out. Um, like the drama, okay, so... Do you, have, do you have any before I start just fucking chopping this film up? Do you? Oh, do you have, we we can go back and forth. You okay, know, just feel I, free to interject to... at any point because I'm going to go on a bit of a fucking rant here. Wow, well, um, that's nothing new with this podcast. This is true. This is true. <laughs> so, okay, the reason I don't like this movie is 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 multifaceted. So first off, I thought the plot premise was silly, and the plot premise also takes a bit of a turn, right? So originally, so, okay, there's going to be some spoilers. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's going to wreck this movie because the movie's garbage. So I don't know how you wreck garbage, but just in case. Um, So the original at the beginning of the film, you think that it's basically Melissa McCarthy's character is the most average person to be the Like she's going to be the representative of like humanity and human kindness. And James Corden is actually playing the AI that is going to decide humans extinction based on her decisions. And so that kind of plods along and it doesn't really get executed very well. And then there's this, you know, plot turn where it's like, actually the real reason he made friends with her is so that 
the super intelligent uh, computer AI could get uh, taken into the secret underground bunker, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, are you fucking serious? This super intelligent being or AI or whatever we're calling it, that was the smartest way for it to get itself into the fucking underground bunker. But okay, let's even put that shit aside, okay? Because movie making is about suspension of disbelief which is fine. So that's your basic plot premise. So it's not, we're not starting out from a great, you know, uh, strong point, but I mean, lots of movies can do that. So then we get into fucking execution, right? You've got a super solid cast. And I'm going to talk about that in a sec, except you've got yet another shitty script, shitty direction, and a movie that just doesn't seem to want to go anywhere. Uh, so yeah, on that. So at that point, do you have anything you want to say, Scott? Well, I wouldn't, like this this team writer director and melissa mccartney obviously i'm sure you know that the director is her husband yeah they have a production company called on the day productions so but like they've worked together a bunch of times they did that tammy movie that worked did well the boss movie that did well and i think even life of the party that they did together this was technically it would be their fourth film together and they've got two more in uh pre-production right now yeah and, and that's the thing like i think in terms of like acting i thought she did well like but i don't think anybody has been able to tap her like what's the word i'm looking for her talent since bridemaids right like, like oh, okay so i so from a comedic standpoint Yes. So she actually got an Oscar nomination for her role in, in Bridesmaids. Uh, but I would actually say that, so before I get into her kind of breakdown of her uh, as an actor, uh, I'm going to use my quote. So my quote is uh, Robert Levin from Newsday. Melissa McCarthy is such a wonderful actor that it remains a shame that she keeps doing humorless and desperate movies like this. A thousand percent agree. Because... She got her so she did. She did great as a supporting character in Bridesmaids. Gets an Oscar nod. Uh, she has a lead role in Can You Ever Forgive Me, which she actually got an, an Oscar nod for as well. It's a drama. Uh, she did a fantastic job in Saint Vincent. Uh, again, a, a serious drama with Bill Murray. It's got some funny elements, but it's essentially a drama. So she has the acting chops. She actually managed to get an Oscar nod it, for Can You Forgive Me. In the same year, she got a Razzie for the Happy Time Murders. So, you know, this says that you've got an actor that can do the job when you have the right direction and the right script, but she's taking roles that are shit and they are garbage. Uh, but even just comedy stuff. So she was funny in The Heat. She's funny in Spy. Uh, she's being cast as Ursula in the uh, uh, upcoming live-action Little Mermaid. I mean, I think she's going to be great in those roles. I just don't think that she... Actually, I don't want to say she cannot stand on her own feet as a comedic actor in a lead. What I would say is she needs to make some decisions about how much work she wants to continue doing with her production company because her husband cannot fucking, uh, he can't fucking direct uh, Ben Falcone. Like he clearly like his move. And, and I'm going to talk, I've got, I've got a breakdown about the films they've done together with their, with their production company. Um, yeah, but. Go ahead, I, go ahead. I, I would just I think I think direction wise like the, the film was directed I think it's the writing in this one I think each one of their films the thing that kills it at the end like kind of doesn't hump like doesn't go over the hump 
is the writing. Okay. Right. Like it, 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 there's always a strong premise, but it just falls apart and it doesn't even fall apart at the end. It usually falls apart midway through. Then it just becomes like, how many gags can we throw in here at the end? Right. So I agree with you. I think that starting with a good script is always, you know, that's going to be advantageous, but there's lots of good. Okay. Think of like 1917, right? It's got a general idea. Man goes from point A to point B in, in the first world war. There's not a ton of dialogue. Um, that's, that's basically the plot of the movie, right? Then, you know, there, there's going to be some ad, uh, ad, adversarial moments that they have to overcome. So, well, I'll throw one better at you. Mad Max Fury Road. I'm going to get in a truck and I'm going to drive to one end. And then I'm going to drive back. I'm going I'm to just drive back. So that's... So <laughs> and that's, that movie's amazing. So I disagree. You know? I disagree that it was directed well. So first off, let's let's roll this back. So first off, they're the production company. So they chose what script they were going to work on. They chose all the casting. He's the director. Uh, so from a production standpoint... If you didn't have a good script, get a better fucking script. You made a choice to put yourself in as director. You put yourself, you made a choice to choose this script. So first off, that's on you because you're the fucking producer. So now you've got the script that you chose and you need to, as I've said in other podcasts, being a director is about being the author of the, of the, of the film. And so the execution is up to you, especially when you're fucking the producer, because there's lots of stories of directors that have been able to pull the like, Hey man, the production company got involved and like fucked up my vision. He can't get away with that. So he's got a bad script. He doesn't execute it very well. The lines were flat. The acting was flat. Both Melissa McCarthy, actually. So you've got Melissa McCarthy. You got, uh, Bobby Cannavale, Cannaval, Cannavale. You got James Corden's voice and even Brian, the, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, all of these are very, very, very skilled actors. And it was this flat, boring, like I, I didn't, the only reason I finished the movie is because I had to do a fucking podcast on it. <laughs> okay. Well, sorry. I shouldn't laugh. So hold on, hold on. I want to, I want to go back and talk about the, the, you know, Tammy and all. So Tammy, the boss and life of the party are the, are the, the films that they've done as a production company. So, yeah. So, and each one has turned a profit, but, I believe. But there's two components here, and, and I am going to talk about profit. So uh, Tammy had Susan Sarandon, Dan Aykroyd, and a bunch of other really famous people in it. It was made for uh, $20 million. It made $100 million at box office, roughly. So that's a great uh, success as far as, fine, as far as financials are concerned. But it's got a 24% fucking Rotten Tomato score. Okay, that's fine, but it made, it made big money. The Boss, mm-hmm. made for $30 million made $80 million and that has Kristen Bell and Peter Dinklage. And again, a bunch of other famous people in it. The boss has a 21% rating on fucking rotten tomatoes. Life of the party, 30 million made 60 million. So it's okay. It's mostly like TV and non A-list actors and that. Um, and it's got a 38% on rotten tomatoes. They produce the happy time murders only made half of its budget back and has a 24% rating on rotten tomatoes. So, I guess, what are you trying to get done here? Is it, if it's just about the money machine, we can have a conversation. But you are clearly not making movies fucking critics like, and a lot of times people don't like. Right. And and I think that's why with the whole, this was supposed to be in theaters and then got, like they agreed, one of the first ones to agree to shift it to HBO Prime or HBO Max 
is they technically know their audience. Movies like this, in reality, not that many people are going to theaters for anymore. Right. Well, That's why Adam Sandler makes a killing on Netflix. Sure. And I think it's, it is a big risk to take it into the theater. It can do well, but I agree. The mid range uh, rom-com or just even general comedy and stuff is we are probably going to mostly see it on the streaming services. Exactly. And that's why it probably did well there. I don't have any numbers in terms of what the viewer viewership was on HBO max when it got released, but and I think that's where we're going to see all this stuff now. And well, with COVID and everything like that, who knows in terms of cinema, right? Um, when the next time we're actually going to go to a watch movie theater, a movie yeah. theater. Yeah. So, and I think this is, this is the content we're going to be seeing a lot of in the next few years. Like if you guys haven't seen it, go on our Twitter. We posted the 2021 sizzle reel of Netflix and every movie just looks like a middle mid mid budget, nothing high budget. And it's just name your genre, whether it's a superhero movie, which Melissa McCarthy is apparently in with uh, Olivia Spector Mm -hmm. or no, not sorry. That's not her name. That's not the co-star's name. But anyway, supposed. it doesn't it doesn't really matter. The point is, is that it's all these mid budget films, right? Because they don't have to do a big ad campaign. They don't have a two million dollar price tag that they got to fucking recoup like tenant. Um, and I agree with you. I think I think that. So first off, I, I just sorry. Ahead, I just want to say it's it's with Octavia Spencer, directed by her husband Ben Falcone. Oh, which film is that? It's called Thunder Force. Oh yeah, that was. Oh, I thought that was still in pre production, so it's coming out already, right? It's coming out in this year. Yeah. Uh, my note for Ben Falcone is uh, maybe stick to acting, buds. <laughs> <laughs> maybe stick to acting. He is good at acting. He's yeah, he's fun. fine. But, I mean, he, he plays little minor roles with his wife. Like, So, first off, so Super Intelligence also did shit. It, it did a th- it's got a 30% critic rating on Rotten Tomato and a 28% audience rating. So, this is where I'm actually going to – I'm going to cut these, these, this group of people. I've kind of lumped them all in together. A little bit of slack. And this is why, is that if what I see from all of this is a, a, a couple and a close, like including the writer, like Steve Mallory, uh, uh, he was the writer on, he was a writer on the boss and he was an actor in this and a bunch of other on the day productions films is it kind of feels like a group of people that are like, Hey, let's make fun movies. And they, they do turn a little bit of a profit, right? So like they're still in the black. So I'm going to give them some like, kudos credit slack whatever as like an indie production company that they're like fuck it we just want to like make movies for ourselves they still make 50 percent of their money back and if they go to streaming service it's probably even going to be a better return on investment so in that respect that's fine and if they keep going down that uh that vein that that's totally cool or whatever but it they still are going to get criticized for the movies if they end up on this fucking podcast because like if you want to make garbage I'm going to fucking call you garbage and like dumpster fire garbage. And these guys make dumpster fire garbage right now. See, in your opinion, though, which obviously That's you're the whole entitled fucking to. point of this podcast. Is it's, but it's, it's Chris's it's, a pod, it's Chris and Scott <laughs> listening to Chris's opinion. <laughs> that, that literally is the, the fucking point of this podcast. Uh, but, but I think there's still an audience like people still watch the her 
and watch these films and enjoy these films. Sure, right? absolutely. That's why they're still getting hired to do more. Well, right? as I said, like they they other than Happy Time Murders, every one of their films have made at least fifty percent of their budget. So Which that's I not bad. I mean, Happy I'll take I'll take thirty million dollars on a on a thirty million dollar budget. Like I'll take this the the thirty minute thirty million of like white meat on there. Sure, fuck, why not? Right. Yeah. Now, d- did you yourself enjoy Happy Time Murders? Uh, yeah. At points, it was it was kind of ridiculous. It was kind of funny. Like, I, I fucking love that movie. Um, oh my god, the Muppet Sex. That was my favorite part. Oh my god. And you're right. It, like, it was like Team America. It, like yes, yes, team. actually, yeah. It was very much like Team America. Just that zany kind of wacky, like yeah. like when he's coming all over the place. Ah! Yeah. Um. <laughs> And again, Melissa McCarthy, I really do respect her as an actor. Like, she does really solid, uh, serious drama. Uh, and so I hope she continues to do that. And maybe this, like, this 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 stuff on the side, like, it's just for fun. And, and then by fun, I mean, they're still making some fucking mad loot. You know what I mean? Like, they're the production company. They get a lot of that cash money in their pocket, right? So, um, and again, I don't, I think if the only way I'm going to be able to tell you if Ben Falcone is an actually good director is if I see him direct something that is not from his production company, where he basically goes and is hired as a director with a script and, you know, the cast and stuff is all given to him. And we go, okay, let's see. Let's see. Let's see if you can pull it off. Because I don't have a lot of faith in them and the fact that as a producer and a director, something like I'm currently going through this process myself with my short film, is I have 100% creative control over every single detail. So, He's in a Hollywood dude. He's got a, a, a very capable wife as an actor and as, again, as a mover and shaker in Hollywood. If you can't fucking get it done with those resources from a critic standpoint, maybe it's you, baby. Maybe it's you. <laughs> if you say so. Because uh, you're a jerk. I am a jerk. Uh, oh, I, oh, I want to talk about the director of, ph- of photography here and because I managed to seem to pull this out almost every podcast. Uh, so Barry Peterson is from... Alberta, Canada, which is a province up here in Canada, which is, again, I love to give shout outs to Canadians. Uh, but he was the director of, I mean, this isn't a really cinematic movie, so it's not super, you know, important to know who the DOP is. But I mean, they they, they still frame up all the shots and stuff. Uh, but he was the DOP on Zoolander. Uh, he did both Jump Streets. He does, he did the movie Game Night. So he's like genre, almost genre specific director of photography. And again, he is from Alberta, Canada. So that's pretty fucking awesome. Now, did you have um, anything in this movie that you actually enjoyed? Like a scene, anything like that? Uh, n- not enough. Not not anything that stood out or made me even want to take any notes on it. Because, yeah, it just, it just, it, I was like, it kind of, at points it felt like they, especially when he, James Corden's character gives her all the money. It was like kind of pretty woman-esque. I was like, uh, it just, it, it was very flat for me. Like I said, what about you? Did you, was there something you liked? Uh, I loved it when they did the kit voice. I got a little kick out uh, of that. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, in a, in a what, this movie is uh, an hour and 46 minutes long. You're right. There's about 45 seconds of enjoyment in the whole fucking movie. Oh, oh my God. You're just looking for sound bites for the Instagram. Well, okay, look, at, look at this castle. Like, okay, the, a movie that with, okay, so you got Melissa McCarthy, we've already talked about. So uh, Bobby uh, Cannavale, you know, he was in The Station Agent. 
He's in Blue Jasmine. He's in Spy. I, Tanya, the fucking Irishman. This guy's, oh, plus he was in a bunch of like HBO shows. This guy's a fucking solid dramatic actor. He's like fantastic. Um, you got James Corden, who's, I mean, I know he's just voice acting and stuff, but this guy's got a BAFTA. He's got an Emmy. He's got a Tony. He's, you know, card pool, card cool karaoke guy. Like, uh, actually, interesting, my note here for James Corden, and I thought this was super awesome. Uh, he paid the salaries of all his COVID, uh, all his employees when they were furlonged during COVID. He personally paid their salaries. So fucking that's awesome, James Corden. Uh, but uh, Brian Tyree Henry, this guy has been like, if Beale Street could talk, Widows, Joker. Uh, he had a, like a starring role in the TV show Atlanta. He was on Broadway with the Book of Mormon. He's got a fucking master's in drama from Yale. You know what I mean? Like these are solid. You got a solid cast here and you make this piece of shit. Fuck that, man. It's a waste of fucking talent. I, you have me speechless. You almost turned me around. I still <laughs> somewhat... I still, I still somewhat, like, this is... Well, I guess it'll never just be on the TV. You're, you're going to have to actually select it, which I probably will never select to watch it again but if it ever is on the background i may just let it run and watch it again i I will not i will not i that this is as i was watching this i was almost like scott this is what gets you banned from picking movies well you said a comedy that was recent i literally had my crave up (laughs) i'm like oh this movie is fucking recent um (laughs) anyway i think i think i've said my position i think the, the the story was flat poorly executed not worth my time. Would not recommend. Do not watch. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Do not watch Super Intelligence. And that's all I've got. Yeah, and real dated fucking stuff with Danger, Will Robinson. Who the fuck watches Lost in Space anymore? And I'm not counting the, the Netflix remix show. But all right, that is our rant for the day. Follow us on social media at How Do You Like That One. And email us at how do you like that movie at gmail.com. Do, do you know what a director does? Like, yeah, he yells cut. <laughs> That's actually, it, technically, the first assistant director is the one that says cut. Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions.